be in this station. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 5937393. That's 5937393. Since 1921, Oblenis Hospital has been part of the fabric of Southeast Ohio, sharing in the healthcare journeys of our friends and neighbors. And since becoming part of the Ohio Health family, we've proudly continued that service through investments in a new ICU, primary and specialty care services, and an expanded emergency department. Learn more about our commitment to expert care in our community at ohiohealth.com slash oblenis100. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Athens. Wow, look at it outside. That sunshine, really pleasant temperature, 59 degrees. Headed up to 76 today. No mention of rain or anything like that. Special edition today, an update from our county commissioners. Chris Schmeel doing the duties. This is the party line on 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH. Good morning and welcome. And uh, Chris Schmeel, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. We were a couple la- uh, couple weeks uh, behind in getting this show on, but we'll... We'll get caught up here. Um, of course, uh, folks, um, in case you didn't know, we try to have uh, the county commissioners, one of the three, on um, uh, each month to give us an update on activities. And, Mercy, there's some things going on. I went out to the Albany Cafe last night to have a bite to eat with uh, some friends and my wife and all that. And, um, you know, each time I go out there, I see the construction that's uh, getting ready to tie this whole sewer expansion project together. And, um, you know, one of the largest jobs of it is just to get uh, to enter the existing system. And that's what they're doing now on both ends. Uh, By both ends, I mean, what would that be out there? Uh, 56, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, we're starting off of, like, basically Richland up 50. Yes. Um, we're working our way towards 56, but... That, so there's nothing over there yet? Not not okay. quite. Well, anyway, the holes I pass by are all there on uh, 50, and... Yeah. And um, they're working under the bridges where they're, they'll start to tie it all together and then build the line. So, um, why am I talking about this? You should be talking about it. What, give, give us an update. Where do things stand? Well, there's three different contractors, and they're doing different phases. Um, 
right now. Uh, most of them have started. One of them is getting ready to start. So, you know, there's a lot of progress. I mean, this has been 28 years or so in the making. Really? Um, I know we've talked about it a long time. I didn't realize 28 years. Yeah, it's, I guess so, something like, you know, they started having concerns about septic tanks way back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so um, we just bid out the next phase. So, you know, there's going to be, I'd say, the next two years, a lot of just activity of getting the sewer line in. Mm -hmm. And it's, like you said, going to connect to the city of Athens. And Well, um Generally speaking, would you say the, you know, 28 years in the making, uh, there's been probably a lot of opinions expressed, but uh, certainly this has to be generally um, uh, people looking forward to it, right? I would say generally, yes. Um, you know, there are occasionally people that aren't happy about it. Um, so it's, you know, it's going to expand uh, places for housing, you know, um, as these places become sewered, uh, lots, you know, next door to current dwellings, you know, would then, you know, wouldn't have to meet the requirements of having a significant amount of land for a septic system and all mm -hmm. that. So, um, yeah. yeah I, I hadn't thought about that, but sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, and we do have a need for, you know, housing, quality housing. So I think it'll help provide more lots for that to happen. The, um, let's see here, this, not, I don't know as I have these in any particular order, but, um, well, sewer is waste, right? So let's, mm -hmm. um, let's talk about, um, the solid waste district. Yes. Now, um, solid waste, we're talking about, uh, um, of course, trash, right? Yes. Are we talking about a recycling effort as well? Uh, well, yes, the recycling efforts kind of come out of the solid waste district as far as there's uh, like a state goal for each solid waste district to divert at least 25% of their waste into recycling. Um, now, do you know where we stand with that? Are we hitting that mark pretty well? Or? Actually, I think we're a little bit above that right now. Good. Um, you know, and there's we're the Athens Hocking Solid Waste District, so that's a two-county district. We have about a hundred thousand people in that district, and there's a plan that is developed um, every, I think, ten years or something like that. And uh, so we're, you know, the MRF, the Materials Re uh, Recovery Facility that allowed us to go to single stream recycling that was part of the plan and so now we're getting close to starting our, our new plan and uh we are we do have a new solid waste district coordinator um roger bales who was our solid waste district coordinator for quite a long time uh was able to retire really recently so um long time friend yeah so he's you know put in the years and I, I think had something to do with OPER's rules and you know mm -hmm. retirement for health care and all this stuff so he he's hopefully enjoying his retirement now and uh, we <laughs> have interviewed and have um, offered a job to a new person so that new person will be starting July 1st. Yeah, 
I don't know if I should ask this kind of question or not, but a new person is in the region or coming from somewhere else? Uh, well, I think I can tell. The new person is a local person. Um, her name is Jane Forrest Redfern. Oh, so she, I know her. She's done a lot of stuff in Athens. Yes. And she does have a history in, in this sector when she used to live in Dayton. And so, yeah, she'll be starting July 1st. And, you know, that's a big chapter, um, closing the door on Roger's time as a solid waste district coordinator. And, you know, so let's see what Jane does. Now, uh, folks, just in case you were unaware, <clears throat> let's see here. Now, I get some of this confused. Out, out in where the old Poston electrical plant used to be, um, so it'd be on the plains, out in the plains, right? Yep. Uh, there's a large facility that uh, deals with the recycled materials, yes? Yep. And I toured that only briefly. Just I went out there and I knew the uh, a couple of the people that were working there, and they said, let me just walk you through. <clears throat> and we did it quickly because I had other things I had to get to, but... It's fascinating. This stuff comes in. It goes down a belt. There's people sorting. There's machines machines, machines yeah. that can pick up, you know, like, uh, magnetic stuff. And then, you know what I mean? It's, it, 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 they sort it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they, you know, they bail it. And then they sell it. And, you know, they're creating jobs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I believe they have 43 employees out there right now, which includes truck drivers, sure. you know, and they also are expanding their composting facility right now. And they hope to open this, uh, thing called a charm, which is a center for hard to recycle materials. That's one of the goals that the, uh, recycling center, that's a nonprofit Athens Hockey and Recycling that used to be a part of the solid waste district, but no. they, were, they were separated in the you know recent past. I know Roger periodically would have a um, a recycling day maybe at the fairgrounds or somewhere. Right, and that's the solid waste district pays for those, and they also pay for all of the drop-off places around the county where people can drop off their recycling for free. Mm-hmm. So like a hazardous household Waste day, you know, those are things that the recy- uh, the um, solid waste district coordinate. And um, they they collect like uh, you know old electronics, um, all sorts, you know, appliances, things like that that yep. no longer are working, and yet they're hard to get rid of, and they take care of it. Yeah, and, and they turn it into also some value. Right. They they do sell all that stuff. I know the plastic goes to a um, a facility in Pennsylvania that you know turns it into like plastic lumber, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and anybody who has anything electronic, anything that has a cord or you know CDs, uh, discs, and stuff, you can take those to the recycling center, and they have a like a bin out front that you can put those in any time. So. Let's see. I just had a thought a moment ago. What was it? It just left me. 
Go ahead, say it, uh, Scott Prevagen, right? Prevagen. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, it, it'll come back to me here. I'll turn your mic on, by the way. Um, okay, let's see here. Let's let's move on. So, um, okay, land banks. That's another topic that I'd like to to bring up. And and you and I sort of talked about what were some things we wanted to talk about today. Um, near me, months, years ago, there was a property that I'm going to say was abandoned. And nobody seemed to take care of it or, or have any interest in it. Um, since then, it's changed. But uh, for some period of time, it just, it was just there. And I heard about this concept called a land bank. And uh, this is where the various governmental entities that oversee those properties um, can form a land bank and um, basically acquire, but really there's not too much money involved because they've been, um, what would you call it? Neglected, foreclosed, that sort of thing. Yeah, so the land bank, we only deal with tax delinquent and abandoned properties primarily mm-hmm. um so yeah and oftentimes these places you know have been abandoned for many years uh we have a website athenscountylandbank.com um you know most of our work is taking place primarily in trimble township nelsonville chancy uh and then scattered about the whole county, you can see properties that are available. Um, the goal of the land bank is to take these uh, properties that are, you know, under, you know, utilized and get them back out into the public use. Uh, why the land bank makes sense, like say you had a property that had an abandoned house that is going to need to be torn down, and say it had ten thousand dollars in back taxes, um, you know. It, it, you can go the the you could have gone to a sheriff sale, but in those situations there may even be uh, other liens on those properties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not a good investment. So people don't oftentimes bid on properties like that. Then it goes to an auditor sale, where you know it might go for a dollar. Um, the land bank is a, we're we're able to be a little bit more deliberate. We try to work with the the communities that we're working in to see how what their best use is for these properties um so yeah we are right now up in the village of trimble they we worked with them on several there's about 14 parcels up there um i think they had about 10 houses that had been flooded several times in the last you know couple decades so they were abandoned you know they weren't they were like moldy and not a good place for people to live um those are all getting torn down uh, with some FEMA money, and those are going to be like green space in the village of Trimble, and it's just really going to improve that stretch of State Route 13 before you get to Gloucester. Um, like right now, there's been all these, you know, just like abandoned, blighted properties, and now they're all going to be gone, and it's really exciting. That the, Those projects, we made them projects of the land bank back in 2018, and it took this long to get all the stuff completed. Uh, and so, the f- 
the FEMA I, was, you know. Just I was kind of under the perhaps misunderstanding that land banks are acquired or created for public purpose. But what you're saying is these land banks, uh, however you come about these properties, that you know, they needed some attention. Nobody was doing it. And so for a temporary basis, at least, you folks take over, clean them up, make them nice, you know, probably, then, probably yeah. just vegetation. But, um, but you're saying many of them are also available now for a future purchase by an individual or organization, right? Absolutely. Yeah, our goal is we don't want to hold on to these properties. We want to dispose of them and get them back on the tax rolls. Um, and besides tearing properties down, we have a fair amount of properties that could be renovated. Okay. So if you are a contractor and want to you know, fix up a place, mm -hmm. that's it's a great opportunity because we, we pretty much sell them pretty cheaply if, if we find somebody who's got the skills and a plan and you know the financing um you said there's a website and what was it again athenscountylandbank.com okay yep and I'm we have i'm so, just curious enough i'll look that up sometime yeah and there's there's lots like i said lots of properties um in trimble township in nelsonville there's some in chancy um and then they're scattered all about the county and and basically say somebody knows of an abandoned property people contact the land bank and then oftentimes we can you know turn that into a project which it takes a while because you have to go through the foreclosure process and again these are all tax delinquent abandoned properties oftentimes you know someone has passed away and maybe they didn't have heirs mm -hmm. um, you know that happens quite a bit um, every every property is sort of a story a little bit and uh I work with some subsidized employment individuals, and we have an AmeriCorps person, and we go to these properties, and we, we try to, if we're going to tear them down, we try to divert as much waste as possible. Um, you know, it may be scrap metal, maybe plants, you know, like there's yards that are full of flowers, and it's like instead of the bulldozer just tearing them all up, we'll dig them up and give them to people, and, um, you know, bricks. Uh, windows, building materials, um, you know, just regular old recycling. These places are oftentimes just like houses full of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's dirty work, but it's 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 kind of fun. You, you know, the, there's a TV show called Hoarding or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, uh, I can't imagine doing that job. But um, anyway, that's... Um, you know, let's, let's take, get things back in great shape, right? Yeah, I mean, and right now, okay, there's a front page article about, um, we, we were able to get some funding from this program called Buster, which is about underground storage tanks for gas stations. Mm -hmm. So we just got uh, funding for a big project up in Gloucester. And, you know, that makes a property sellable because when they've got these abandoned gas tanks, you know, that's an environmental, you know, financial liability. Luckily, the state has this program. Uh, the land bank's been able to tap into it a couple times now. Uh, helps clean up the environmental problems and makes that property ready for redevelopment. We just did one in Chansey where State Route 13 kind of dead ends there. Okay. Um, that was an old 
a gas not a, yeah I think it was a gas station tire store muffler shop um, that one got removed about a couple weeks ago and you know every spot that we clean up like that just starts helping the communities that we're working in you know just look better it really helps the neighbors just um, how things look and a lot of times these places are you know health and safety hazards so it's it's good work um we're just moving around from topic to topic here that's which is fine we're just updating our audiences about athens county so um you know we got tons of computers in this building and some of them are pretty amazing um broadband um i i know enough to be dangerous but okay so uh, supposedly we have really good service out here but there's a lot of places in the county where service the internet the broadband whatever you want to call it um, is iffy or very slow um, now I, how long ago was it that the county um, Established the position of a broadband coordinator. Um, basically, earlier this year, um, that was in collaboration with the Athens Foundation. Um, this, our broadband coordinator is uh, Mr. Paul Isherwood, and he's housed out at Hapcap Community Action, and um, you know his job is to just basically focus on broadband. No deployment i'm i'm only guessing here <coughs> excuse me but when covid came around and remote learning and all of this stuff um surfaced you know we've had tom gibbs and other superintendents in here talking about how they acquired x number of chromebooks or something for the students they had to establish Wi-Fi connections out in the county where there had been previously little or no service. Um, did, did was it the COVID thing that kind of brought about this uh, this new position? Well, you know, it's not like it. I mean, the broadband deployment was always an issue. It was just a lot more important when COVID hit, right? Yeah, right. So, I would say it it probably helped kind of make it happen. Um, you know, and, and part of Paul's work is also starting to talk about this idea of remote workers, remote working. I mean, even as, you know, society gets back to whatever the new normal is, um, will there be more people working remotely is the, is sort of that topic. And can we in Athens County attract people who do work remotely so that we have a more diversified local economy and uh we've you know <laughs> more diversified uh, when i think of athens county i think of diversity all over the place we we really are diverse aren't we is that your opinion as well well i mean i think we have a lot of eggs in the ou basket you know and when ou is contracting or OU, you know what I mean? Like with all the, and how many layoffs has OU had? I mean, those are, those are good paying jobs. Um, so that 
is primarily, I would say, part of the goal of the remote working is just to have, with remote workers, you have people that live in Athens and can kind of take advantage of a, a quality of life, a cost of living, you know, and they're working for places that are, are centered out of Washington, D.C. or New York or Los Angeles. And that's, you know, outside money coming into our communities. Um, you know, that's we already have a bunch of people that are doing that. Right. The next level of work that we want to see, you know, in this sector is, you know, where people who are un underemployed or, you know, going to the Ohio Means Job Center and start. You know, there's all these other remote jobs out there. How do we get more people? You may get a pay raise instead of working at a fast food restaurant, you know, and making 10, 11 bucks an hour. You could get one of these jobs making, you know, 14 to 18 bucks an hour. So that's another part of the goal. And then I just heard on the, the news a little while ago, like, you know, these remote work spaces. Uh, Mayor Patterson is planning on, I think, having the armory be part of that. Mm hmm. Um, you know, and that's something that we'd like to see happen throughout the county. Um, I know that in uh, Nelsonville and in Gloucester, there's discussions of having remote workspaces available. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, well see. Okay, so when, as soon as you start talking about broadband or, or being connected, you know, first of all, there is can you at all? Then the next issue is, well, at what level of speed? Yes. And then you have, um, I, I don't know where to go on from there, but, the, you know, it's like, is it ever perfect? Well, we, we want to have more options for people, for our residents, and we want to have, uh, you know, the more competition, you know, the pricing may be better. Mm -hmm. um, so there's something that you can... One of the things, it's called, if you guys have a smartphone, you can go and you can um, get this testing thing. It's a speed test. It's called Ookla, which is O-O-K-L-A, I believe is how it's spelled. Um, and you can go and you can download this app. And then anytime you are somewhere, you can, you can test the speed. Well, I, I don't have Ookla, but I have something that does that on my phone. Okay. And uh, I think it's just called Test It. And, um, in fact, I'm it's, looking for it right that's now. That's similar to this, um, but it's a little bit of a different um, platform. And so this has been promoted by this guy named Tom Reed, who works with the Buckeye Hills Regional Council. Mm -hmm. And he's a broadband consultant. Um this is collecting real-time data. This Okay, so this whole topic of broadband, you know, it's so deep. Of course. You got the FCC. They have these maps. FCC? Yeah. The Never heard of them. Oh, okay. That was a joke. Uh, okay. So they have these maps, and they say, all right, Athens County has got this broadband coverage, and it's it looks great. Well, then this UCLA, they're trying to get real data because – you know what they find out is no people don't have 25 up and three down they have like 10 up and one down you know and there's these minimums that the fcc you know they throw millions and billions of dollars at internet service providers um they recently had this ardoff auction which you know basically 
Frontier has a big chunk of Athens County. They say they got us covered. Uh, Looks like Charter or Spectrum, they bid on a fair amount of Athens County with this um, Ardoff thing. Mm -hmm. Now, Athens County, we're getting $750,000 through an Appalachian Regional Commission grant, and we're trying to figure out you know, places that would make the most sense to get, you know, uh, coverage, uh, you know, it's cause it's, it costs like $40,000 a mile, I believe to put, you know, fiber in the ground at, or, or more for fiber, but just to go up on the poles, it, I mean, it just, it's amazing how much it costs to, to get this stuff deployed. And, you know, the economics of our community, when, when you have, out in the county where you have very few residents and then you know we don't necessarily always have like super wealthy areas you know the the market sector they look at that and they do the business analysis and they're like you know it's really not worth us going into these areas because there's not enough customers and there's not enough people who are going to buy our service so why am i going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to put fiber in when no one's gonna you know i'm going to get a few customers so that's what this Ardoff, uh, you know, auction is supposed to help with. That's, you know, there's this different bills at the state house. I think it's House Bill 2. Um, so there's just constantly stuff going on in this area, trying to get everybody hooked up. You got Starlink from Elon Musk coming online, too. That's a new option. Um, so just, you know, check out Ookla if you can well um so you know has anyone actually said okay here's where we were when we started now we're at this level you know some sort of report that says we've improved by this degree but we still have this much more to go are they doing that sort of thing uh i am when i'm speaking of you know countywide there's always neat, you know, progress needed. I would say no one said, you know, we're d- we're done here. We got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have various projects that we're trying to line up. Now the broadband coordinator, do they have? Uh, how do they um, attract services to want to improve here? Well, so like right now we have a broadband advisory team that works with Mr. Isherwood. And, you know, we've basically tried to work with Buckeye Hills. We've set up meetings with various carriers, you know, from Nelsonville TV and Cable, Point Broadband, uh, Charter Communications, um, anybody, you know, anybody who's providing service. We're, we're basically digging into all the details as far as each, each company really has different areas that they're focusing on. Mm. And... You know, basically, if you're a customer, if you're a resident, you know, that's having problems connecting, you can get in touch with uh, Mr. Isherwood or, you know, if you need to get, you can get in touch with me and I can help you get in touch with him. And like we we find these spots like there's a a cluster of homes out in Canaanville. Um, Spectrum is not far away during the pandemic. All these people that were living out in Canaanville, like we're suffering, they, you know, we're in their cars going to parking lots to get wi-fi to to you know teach a class or something so like that one that's an example of like what does it take charter for us to get you know your line a little bit farther down the road 
to serve these customers. Those are the kind of conversations that Mr. Isherwood is is having. Um, you know, we've got the seven hundred and fifty thousand from um, Appalachian Regional Commission, and then the uh, American Rescue Plan dollars can also be used for uh, broadband, and so that's a significant sum of money that could go to expansion. So we'll we'll just have to see. Good. Well, anyway. I just did my UCLA test here on my phone. I'm on Verizon. Yeah. And I had 56.5 download and 9 upload. Which is uh, real good. That's not bad, yeah. Um, I just ran my other app, and it said we weren't that good. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway. Well, what's your phone? What do you mean? Like, do you have Verizon or? Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, T-Mobile and T -Mobile? Okay. Uh, what's the other one? They're together now. Oh well. Well, and and you know, there's all these little details that these uh, Sprint broadband Sprint and T-Mobile and together. these things capture that data so they can. Yeah. Well, anyway, I should put this down. Um, let's see here. Uh, I have a show coming up about Athens County Cares. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, no. Okay. And I'm still researching it, so I'll I'll fill you in more, some our next time. Okay. Um. Okay. Now we sort of talked about this economic diversity strategy, in the sense that if if remote working now has taken hold because of what people got used to doing during the pandemic. Um, and more and more people r will end up, even though the pandemic may be resolved, we hope, um, continuing to work from home. So does that so how can we reach out to people that don't live here to say, we'd love to have you live here? That That is sort of what the remote working group is, is working on. Um, there's some folks up at the Voinovich School that are studying this topic right now and looking at Athens County. And sort of they're going to be pr uh, publishing a white paper should be next week and then in another couple weeks we're going to have a remote work forum um, in my experience when I meet remote workers and I meet them through just like my acquaintances or at the farmers market um, it seems to me that oftentimes people move to Athens they they have some family connection they have uh, maybe they were a student at Ohio University um, uh, or they, you know, they have a friend that lives here. Um, well, you you know Patty Mitchell, of course. And so Patty Mitchell's best friend from like grade school was living in in Los Angeles. And 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 I think this is another interesting topic is that I I know someone else that I went to college with that was living out in New Mexico or sorry Arizona. And you know, like right now with climate change. Like the West, you know, has which has grown significantly in the last couple decades, I'd say, 
you know, they're they're suffering these like super droughts, f- forest fires, um, and you know the cost of living in like say Los Angeles for the the neighbor, you know, the friend of Patty. I mean, I think she moved here because she could cash in her chips in and Los Angeles and and move to Athens and and have a good quality of life. She can work remotely, and and you know the quality of life here is something that attracts people. Um, you know, f- and it's like my other friend who left Arizona, she was telling me you know like she's just really concerned about an environmental disaster out there, and so she's able to move back here and so i mean i hear that story from people um so it's happening and i think that that's the whole idea is what what does athens have that people like and you know we have a lot of cultural things for a small town um one of the other things that a lot of the remote working strategies are tying to are this like outdoor rec economy um over in west virginia they're really they're really working on this where if you move to West Virginia and you live there for two years, they'll give you all kinds of incentives and they want you to work remotely and enjoy their outdoor rec assets. You know, they've got the whitewater rafting and the rock climbing and biking, etc. So that's kind of the stuff going on in those topics. Well, <clears throat> the... Um, but at some point, it sounds like an opportunity to start selling. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean selling a product, but selling the idea. Folks, if you love Athens, we have all of these resources available for you to work from uh, remotely. Um, give it some thought. Yeah. And how, look- how are you going to sell that? Well, that's we're going to have our remote worker forum. In a, you know about a month or so mm-hmm. and you know we did a survey with remote workers and we we asked them like what would help you know what would incentivize them to move to Athens because there's there's just these incentive programs going all over the place like the state of Vermont uh, the city of Tulsa Oklahoma you know there's places that have sort of like said you know we want to attract these kind of workers you know these kind of workers oftentimes you know are making you know six figures you know so they're to bring that kind of money into our community and then you know what can happen if in these like co-working spaces you know you got maybe somebody's a programmer over here maybe somebody's a graphic designer over here you know and then like little synergies start happening um, people you know form other businesses I mean so it's there's a lot of potential one of the things that we could do is we could create an incentive package um, there's one of the ideas that has been talked about in the city of Athens like say you were willing to purchase a a previously a student rental and turn it into an owner occupied property that um, that was one idea like you could create an incentive around that Um, so that's sort of what we're trying to figure out well it sounds like an opportunity but it also sounds like any community in the nation uh, could um, try to go after such an opportunity, right? Absolutely. I mean, and some of them are, but I think, you know, we do have some assets that, you know, we have some strong points. Well, that's why I'm here, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I think our community, I, I meet a lot of people at the farmer's market that are remote workers, 
and you know things like the farmers market um you know just having like a small town community that has a lot to do it's very safe it's friendly you know we have a lot you know go out there and live somewhere else for a while and then see what the rest of the world's like and then be like wow i, I like athens you know Okay, uh, uh, there's a thing called uh, the American Rescue Plan, right? Mm-hmm. And um, who, who's who's over that? Who's funding that? Well, that's the federal government. You know, that was... It's all part of this COVID thing, right? Well, yeah, it's the... the it passed, I think, back in January or something, you know, and it's finally... We've received our half of our money so we're going to get at the county level we're going to get 12.6 million dollars um all the villages and the cities are also getting money um the townships they're not getting any money this time but you know there's different guidelines there's different they call them pillars of Mm -hmm. how we can spend this money and so like right now we're really starting to get educated about the guidelines and luckily, you know, the last time we had the CARES relief funds, and those had to be spent really quickly, and it was a challenge. I think the county, we did pretty good. Um, that really helped us with our budget. We were able to, you know, spend that money, I think, wisely. Um, but now we've got $12.6 million. That's a lot of money. And well, what, like, what, what have we received already? Oh, with the CARES Act? Well, I guess. Or, I mean, say there were three, there were four things that you applied for, and you got them all, but what would that amount to? Well, the CARES funds, I think the county, I think we got around close to $3 million on that. Okay, so we're talking about four times that amount. Yeah, and plus we have a lot more, we have a longer uh, time frame to spend the money, Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit more of a a broader scope of work that we we can work on. So, like, like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but what was something you might not have been allowed to do previously? Well, we had to, anything, any project that you wanted to do, you had to have it completed by the end of the year last year. So that, you know, broadband was a topic that we discussed, mm-hmm. but broadband was something that you can't just snap your fingers and get these broadband projects done. You know what I mean? So unfortunately, we didn't get to do any of those. Um, this round, broadband, because infrastructure is one of the pillars, and infrastructure in this situation definitely includes water, sewer, and broadband. It may include more than that, um, but if it if you can tie it, it's it's like you're instead of like you write a grant to get the money. In this situation, they give you all the money, and you have to basically say we're going to spend it under these guidelines and it has to you know somehow be tied to responding you know there's the four different pillars are loss of revenue infrastructure um you know i think response to the health they're all they all have to have a response to like how covid impacted us so it's going to be really interesting i think it's really important you know we have the opportunity cost you know if we spend it on project x we can't spend it on project you know, B through Z. So, you know, I hope that as we discuss these topics, you know, we're th- very thoughtful and we we spend our money wisely because it's a one-time chance to spend a lot of money. So, uh, 12.6 is coming your way. Mm-hmm. And is there a list somewhere? 
of how much money or of what you want to do well i mean i have my own like you know wish list in my brain so uh, so but could lenny have a different list yeah yeah okay. i mean and i think that's where we're at right now and you know a lot of people are starting to ask us for money um and then you know like we're looking at other counties how they're spending it you know looking at other ideas um so yeah that's it's but the good thing is is we don't have to rush to do it and we can we can we have a little bit more time instead of having until the end of the year we have like four years which is you know a lot sure a lot different than the last round um well um there's um let's see we kind of hit the solid waste district already mm -hmm. um another topic oh bailey's trail boy there's a lot of um what do you call it? Um, rumblings of happiness and excitement and stuff like that surrounding this topic, right? Yeah. And why do you think that is? Well, I, I think it's just going to be a significant asset for our community um, when it's completed. I mean, even now it's a huge asset at 26 miles. Um, I think it's a great way for the Wayne National Forest to, to benefit our community you know, economically, uh, socially, um, you know, there's a lot of health benefits, um, a lot of people riding the trails, you know, f from, you know, like after work, you know, there's the cougar bats, the, the local mountain biking team, um, a lot of people walking on the trails. And it, you know, it's basically this ray of hope for a lot of these coal impacted communities like Chansey, um, you know, that you know years ago the you know the coal mines kind of built some of our our towns and you know as the coal mines have disappeared you know like it's been a struggle what what what's our next plan and i guess the idea that outdoor recreation is a uh, important is is one of our strengths and i think this bailey's trail system when it becomes 88 miles it's going to be the biggest mountain biking trail system east of the mississippi so you know i when i go out on the trails Oftentimes I'll meet people from, you know, Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland, you know, et cetera. So the idea, we have a lot of businesses that have spurred up but through this uh, excitement. You know, we've got Airbnbs and cabins. There's going to be new campgrounds, RV parks, um, you know, and then there's, I think, potential commercial development that's coming from this excitement. And uh, all at the same time, you know, like local residents, we get to enjoy it. And it's a great, healthy activity. And if you haven't been out there. Now, there's been so much chatter about it, but who's paid for it? Well, I mean, the county, we became a member of ORCA. And so we contributed some money. Um, but a lot of the money has come from like ODNR. Okay. There's uh, different grants, basically. It's all been primarily funded through you know different grant sources at this point um there's this mine land reclamation fund mm -hmm. that has been significant um and i think that money came from you know basically uh old coal mines had fees associated with them and um and that's administered through odnr oh so um you know about the state there are similar projects that have been around for a while and some that are maybe being developed as we speak also. Now, 
Do you have any idea in terms of the quality of Bailey's run, Bailey's trail? Yeah. Uh, how many similar things are there in the, the state? I mean, I th- this has been designed, it's called Mountain Bike Optimized. And I, I think it right now, as far as the state goes, I think it's at 26 miles is the is the largest longest you know mountain bike optimized trail system in the state okay now if someone uh okay my neighbor florenz plasman mm-hmm. dean of dean of college of arts and sciences he is a uh, hiker extraordinaire okay um he walks and walks and walks and walks and, and then he walks too um <laughs> so is this trail is he going to be bothered by bikers or is it set up where um you could bike it you could um yeah you can totally hike it um it's funner on a bike because it's desi- funner. <laughs> it, yeah it's specifically designed for yeah. mountain bikes so it, they call it has flow and it's like it's almost like you're on a roller coaster um in the woods. Are you a, a bicyclist? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of become a new hobby of mine. Um, I usually go out with friends on Thursday after work. Mm-hmm. We ride for a couple hours. Um, you know, it's 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 a good exercise and good way to spend time in nature. And uh, we've had a little ambassador program where we borrow bikes and get people out there to Get the, give them the experience. Um, at at uh, how many miles did you say? It's 26 miles right now. At 26 miles in length. Yeah. Are there parts that um, uh, are difficult for you? Um, yeah. So there's different classifications. Um, and you can go to the Bailey's Trail System.com website and look at, there's like beginning, intermediate, expert. Oh, okay. okay. So. And in the coming weeks, next week, um, we're going to have a new trailhead opened up in Doneville. So the Chansey trailhead is sort of like the beginning level trailhead. The Doneville trailhead will be sort of the intermediate trailhead. And then ultimately in Bookdale, we're going to have the expert trailhead. So that's the dream. And, uh, you know. And it's coming about. It's happening. Um, there's a, th- um, a phrase, age-friendly Athens County. Yes. And, um, as I understand it, uh, the, um, some group, uh, maybe it's the commissioners, are seeking to survey our residents, right? Well, we, we have a committee that's, that's working on it, um, and um oh i didn't realize we only had 20 seconds left we're having so much good time yeah so um the survey is going to be coming out soon we just want people to fill it out okay and it'll be mailed to them or uh you know we're going to be mailing it to some people just distributing it um we only want you to fill it out once obviously so okay well, we'll try to. You let us know about it, and we'll publicize it. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, Dave. Chris. As always, it's a pleasure to have you in here. All right. Thanks for doing what you do. You do.
In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Russia has waged against its neighbor Ukraine. There are two more sessions ahead in Geneva. Both New York and California have reopened after hitting 70% COVID vaccination rates, but the CDC has just flagged the Delta variant a concern. Dr. Anthony Fauci tells CBS this morning. It's concerning because it spreads clearly more efficiently than the one that we've been normally dealing with, and it tends to look like it might even be more serious in making people ill. The hassle could soon be over for Americans who want to travel overseas. CBS's Cammie McCormick. The European Union is recommending that countries start lifting restrictions on tourists from the U.S. It's already considering removing the U.S. from the list of countries where non-essential travel is advised against. The EU has also adopted a digital vaccination certification program. The U.S. has not, so that could still complicate any travel this summer. Still, some European countries have already started allowing American visitors. It's been a bumpy restart for the cruise industry. CBS's Jim Crisula. Royal Caribbean International is again facing rough waters. The company is canceling the first sailings of its newest cruise ship after several crew members tested positive for COVID-19. The Odyssey of the Seas initial sailings in July were scheduled for six and eight night southern and western Caribbean cruises. From ships to cars, General Motors is opening its wallet wide to build more EVs. CBS News Transportation correspondent Earl Barnett. GM announcing it will increase investments in electric and autonomous vehicle technology from a previously announced $20 billion to $35 billion by 2025. Highlights include two new Ultium battery cell production plants in Tennessee and Ohio. The Senate has voted unanimously in favor of a day commemorating the end of slavery. Bill to amend Title V United States Code to designate Juneteenth National Independence Day as a legal public holiday. On June 19th, 18th, 65, the news reached enslaved people in Galveston, Texas. President Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation two years before. The House votes next. This is CBS News. Looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com credit. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts, advice from our parts professionals, and our free loaner tool program. Your local store has more than 80 specialty tools available for your next repair. Refundable deposit required.